Bugs are gone, nights are cool, farmers' markets overflow with abundance, autumn is around the corner. Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, and this episode was written by Joe Horn. September is always a tricky time in a gardener's calendar. Countless garden vegetables get their last chance to ripen in staunch protest of the imminent cold. Last September, I was caught off guard by a frigid night which was bookended by unseasonal heat and an otherwise extended growing season. But that long growing season didn't matter for my frost-tender plants, for I hadn't paid any notice of the weather reports threatening frost due to the day's heat, so old sheets and tarps were still stowed inside rather than draped across my garden to guard against frost. The next morning, the squash, husk cherries, and basil were all hanging limp and lifeless in the cool, still air, along with row after row of tomatoes still showing their green fruit under limp black leaves. Tomatoes are part of the nightshade family, or what botanists refer to as the Solanaceae family. While tomatoes in particular are not native to North America, they do have edible native kin which live across much of North America, from the Midwest of the U.S. to the Atlantic provinces of Canada such as clammy and longleaf ground cherries. Tomatoes, on the other hand, are native to western South America, but have become accepted in cuisines worldwide and a staple in home gardens. After all, what is better than a perfect sun-ripened tomato plucked straight from the vine? Well, for roughly 200 years after the tomato was introduced to Europe, it was considered perhaps the least edible thing in European and American gardens, thanks to a number of false accounts of their toxicity all seeming to stem from their unfortunate beginnings as table fare on the plates of some aristocratic foodies. Tomatoes were originally bought as a food plant as they were common table fare in South and Central America, according to Spanish explorers. Evidently, when grown in Europe, the acidic tomatoes were first served to the wealthy on their expensive, lead-rich pewter. The natural acids of the fruit dissolved some of the lead and resulted in some cases of lead poisoning. However, at the time, physicians assumed the poisoning came from the tomatoes, not their plates, and it became common belief that only tomatoes grown in a tropical environment were edible. After moderate gains in popularity among some more daring folks in the mid-1800s, it really took the double effort of commercial canning and the invention of pizza in the late 1800s to really bring tomatoes out from under the dark cloud of suspected poisonings, despite the fact that the Aztecs reported consuming tomatoes at least as early as 700 CE. Today, we gardeners cherish tomato plants with exotic varietal names like brandywine, indigo apple, hogheart, and sungold. That first killing frost is indeed a sad moment for any gardener, but it is not a time to fret. It is instead a time to make lemonade from lemons, or fried green tomatoes from the last unripe fruit of the year. Hot, crispy, and dipped into a Cajun-inspired aioli, fried green tomatoes certainly are great table fare. But don't stop there. Green tomato relishes and salsas are also a great way to use the last of the season's tomato bounty. You can even try setting out the green tomatoes in a sunny windowsill and allow them to ripen in the sun, just as they would on the plant, though the resulting tomatoes won't be quite as sweet and delectable as their vine-ripened counterparts. So this weekend, keep an eye on that forecast and be sure to have an assortment of tarps, old sheets, or old blankets handy. I have found that my Down East garden sits in a frost pocket and we need to cover our crop even if the projected temperatures are only as low as 40 degrees. Being prepared to cover your plants is one thing, 
but such preparedness will not stave off the changing seasons and the inevitable frosty death of one's garden. But finding a favorite green tomato recipe now will save a bit of garden heartache later. You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, references, contact information, photos, and information about how to subscribe to the show as a podcast by visiting archives.weru.org. Have a nature question that you want us to answer on our show? Simply reach out to us. Theme music was by a pileated woodpecker made available by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phenology. (laughs) 